What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lindsay, what do we got? Well, the USC football team's game at Cal on Saturday has been called off because of COVID-19 cases among the Golden Bears. It's the first Pac-12 COVID-19-related postponement of the 2021 season and believed to be among the first among Power 5 schools a year after after we had all those cancellations because of the uh, pandemic. The Trojans and Bears were scheduled to face off at 4 p.m. Saturday in a game airing on the Pac-12 network. So if you were planning on attending or watching the game, the teams are hoping that the Pac-12 will reschedule it for later this season. Well, you mean just put it in at the end, I guess? I guess so. That's what they said. They're, they asked them if they'll do it, and they're waiting to hear back. Yeah. I mean, listen, I get it for the kids. You want to finish out the season, right? So, um, well, that stinks for uh, for USC. But you know what? It gives them an extra week to prepare for their rivalry game against UCLA. So there's there's that. I guess that's the added bonus if you're them. Yeah, it's like an extra bye week. Yeah. Yeah, but do, will they make this up? I mean, will they really? I, I suppose they. everybody's going to want to make it up. I'm sure there's a lot of money at stake. Um, so they're going to. And there's TV. So, but but nobody's going anywhere per se. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'd hate to see it not be made up because I know these kids all want to play. And, you know, kids have, you know, thoughts of, you know, building statistics and having opportunities to play beyond college. So I'd hate to see these guys not make it up but it's it's not like it's a game that has real meaning for the conference championship or for anything related to a national championship i just think it sucks it's just unfortunate that here we are this deep into the football season and Lindsay, like you were saying i can't think of another college football game maybe i'm wrong or maybe i just wasn't paying attention to it but i can't think of anything else that's been postponed as a result yeah and i was thinking i don't even remember if like, none of these games were really made up last year, the ones that they did cancel, were they? No, but they were also doing a shorter season last year. Yeah. I think last year was a little different, right? Like, they yeah. were trying to do five or six games. Like, it was just, they were just trying to get the season off. So, I think that's different. Well, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Uh, real quick, on I want to get to the Lakers, back to the Lakers here in a second. I want to get to the calls at 877-710-ESPN. But, the Rams, we talked a lot about them yesterday. And just kind of what a tough loss they took. They took one on the chin. There's no question. But the thing that's been rolling around, obviously, is Matthew Stafford and all the Detroit people are out there. What is the stat, Lindsay? The stats against winning teams? He's like 9-63 and 63 or something like that. Do we actually oh, have yeah. the, Let me look the, it up because I know it's not good. It's not no, good at all. No, it isn't. You're right, George. It's, it's something like that, though. It's, it's, a, it's like Stafford against winning teams or playoff caliber record right, teams. something like that. Yeah, yeah. playoff teams. It, or he's 9-69 like and 69 against teams with a winning record in his lifetime. Yeah, okay, now, now can I give you my two cents on that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. On top of the fact that it's already just sour grapes from Detroit media. Like, it's very obvious. Like, the person who put that, like, just go look it up. Like, go work, look where they were. Let's start with that. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, number two, and I think it's far more important than number one, to be frank with you, is the fact is he played for the freaking Detroit Lions, okay? They're awful. They're a terrible franchise. Jared Goff is the number one pick in the draft, went to the Super Bowl, can't win a damn game with them this season, okay? They are the joke of joke franchises, maybe in all of sports. You guys here in L.A. think the Clippers are bad? Good Lord, go get yourself a Lions fan on line one and see how they feel, all right? So there's, there's they made Barry Sanders 
basically say, Uncle, I'm done. I gotta, I'm gonna, I'd rather quit than play for this damn team. Same with Calvin Johnson. Two Hall of Fame players literally said, bleep this. I'd rather retire than keep playing for this morbidly awful franchise. So spare me that Matthew Stafford is the reason they're 9-69 and against good teams. You don't think that the Lions this year are the best 0-8 football team you've ever seen? Jesus. I mean, my goodness. But, you know, the other thing about stats is this. You know, you manipulate them to make somebody look the way you want them to look. For example, um, after this game where the Rams lost to the Titans and Stafford certainly was not at his best, not that we've seen so far this year, because there were a couple of plays in that game. There was the pick six, but before that, there was where Stafford is getting rolled around by a defensive lineman from Tennessee, and he throws the ball, and he knows better than to throw the ball in the middle of the field. I mean, it was such a Carson Wentz kind of a move, and that one was picked off also and almost taken all the way to the house. But, look, a lot of people will say this about Stafford. You see, now you're getting the Detroit Lions Stafford where he's throwing picks and the team isn't winning games, and then what do you know? Stafford's hurt, his ankle's hurt, his back is hurt, his finger's hurt, whatever it is. Look, the same goes for Jared Goff. I love the stat line where people say, with Sean McVay, here's what Jared Goff's record is. Records without Sean McVay, he's never won a game because before that he had Jeff Fisher, and now he's got you know this this laughing stock of a coaching staff in Detroit. I just happen to think Matthew Stafford didn't play particularly well, and honestly, I think that the the Rams showed up on Sunday night like we're the Rams, they're the Titans. They had to come to our house. They didn't bring their best player. We win. No, you actually have to play to win. People don't just lay down because it's the Lakers. They actually have to go out and play and win. And I think that the, that the Rams really looked like a team that just wasn't really emotionally ready for what was coming their way in the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, no, listen, and I also think this. You know, I mentioned this yesterday. Sean McVay, because Matthew Stafford, my guess is, feels more comfortable playing out of the pocket in a lot of, in a lot of ways has not done the cool, fun Sean McVay offensive things, all the eye candy, moving him around, you know, the, the play-action stuff. Like, they're one of the, 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 the teams that do the least amount of play-action in the sport this year. And that has not been a staple of the Sean McVay offense. It's been quite the opposite. Um, and little things like that will help a quarterback. And I know Matthew Stafford is this incredible quarterback, and there's this honeymoon going on between the two. But at some point, you're just like, you know what? I... I need to trust myself a little bit, and what I've done works. And if it worked for Jared Goff, it would certainly work for Matthew Stafford. Like, that would be my opinion on it. And again, I'm not trying to tell him what to do, but what I would just simply say is, dude, go with what got you here. Like, I'm not saying it's the only thing you can do, and mixing it up is great, but it feels like you've gone too far the other way, is what yeah. I would say. Well, I wonder if, if Sean McVay feels like, well, all of those things that we did, we did because we were helping a young quarterback. And now we don't have a young quarterback. We've got one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the league and a guy who was able to put up massive numbers with one of the worst franchises in football. So let's take more advantage of his skills and less bells and whistles with our offense. But just by the way, if you want to see the old Rams offense play, you know who you should be watching? The Raiders. Because the Raiders do a lot of all those pre-snap 
motions and then misdirections and all kinds of things that I believe Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator of the Raiders, learned while he was working as offensive coordinator for McVay and the Rams before he took that job. So I was watching the Raiders play the other day against the Giants. I went, wow, they got a lot of things that look like the Rams offense used to look like. Yeah, right. So I think that that's what you need to do if you're them. Um, Speaking of what you need to do, the Lakers need to win more games now that Carmelo, since Carmelo's been balling out, man. Like, I feel like they are botching this incredible Carmelo start to the season, which I don't think anyone saw coming, particularly on offense. Um, I mean, he's not a great defender, but um, but I, I don't think they saw this, right? Like, last year in Portland, he got a lot of love, and he was averaging 13 points a game. He's averaging 18 points a game. He's shooting 50% from the floor, 52 from three. So it's like... If you would have told me that Carmelo Anthony is averaging 18 points a game on 50 and 52 splits, I would have told you the Lakers are like 9-1. and one. You know, last night was so interesting to me to see Carmelo get hot from three-point range, and he was 7 for 10 last night. And to hear the crowd, George, I, I, I don't know if this surprises you at all, but, you know, we're, we're 9 or 10 or 11 games. That's what it is, 11 games into the season now. And... The Laker crowd, they know Carmelo's name. They know his career. They know what he's done in the NBA and what he's done as a U.S. Olympian. But it's still his first 11 games in a Laker uniform. And the crowd last night in Staples, Carmelo, Carmelo. I was like, wow, Carmelo Anthony, it's the surprise to me, tell me what you think, is that his game has created a situation where while LeBron is out, I've been wondering who the leader of the Lakers is. My assumption is it's supposed to be AD. I don't feel like it is, although he played a great game last night and scored 32 points. Russell Westbrook does not have the personality, in my opinion, to really lead a team. Without LeBron and with AD not really, in my opinion, again, having kind of a leadership personality, Carmelo Anthony right now, by virtue of the way he's playing, and his experience and his resume. He's the de facto leader, it seems to me, while LeBron is off the floor. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, he's the most experienced player. I don't think there's any question. Uh, I don't know about the leadership stuff because I, I, I'm going to go there tomorrow. I'm going to get more. I, I, I'm going to go there and talk to people. I want to get the sense for that kind of stuff more tomorrow Um because, you know, they're, with LeBron not there, there definitely seems to be a void. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, but he's been playing fantastic. But to me, again, like, he's playing so well. I, if you would have told me a month ago this is what you were getting from him, I would have said the Lakers are off to this incredible start and they have the best record in the NBA. So I, I feel like they need to take advantage of that while he's playing at this level because there's going to be some regression. He's not going to shoot 50% for the field at 52 from three the rest of the season. That's not going to happen. So he also may to... not be playing as much when, you know, theoretically, when LeBron is back Correct. and THT Correct. is back. Yes. I mean, his, Correct. his minutes could, could decrease. Correct. 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 Um, let's go to the phones here. 877-710-ESPN. We were talking earlier about horror movies and how, you know, when I was a kid in the 80s and 90s, and I'm sure plenty of you out there too, like, there was a ton of horror franchises, and there's just not that many anymore. And if they are, there's like a few of them that are good, but not not a ton. Let me go to Robert in Pacific Palisades. Robert, what do you got? Yeah, well, well before all those uh, franchises that people were talking about earlier, before even The Exorcist, 
was a movie that was billed as positively the most horrifying film ever made. It was rated B for violence, and believe it or not, barf bags were given free to the audience upon admission. No way. That movie from 1970 was a West German film released widely in the United States. I saw it as a child called Mark of the Devil. And they had a, a sequel about two or three years later. And some other uh, producers have used the title in other ways. Even to this day, there's a, a 2020 movie, Mark of the Devil. But that's the original completely sicko movie, I can assure you. <laughs> okay. Barf bags. Bar now... I thought you were going to say something like, does this qualify as a horror film? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a horror movie. I don't think there's any question. And that is definitely scary. That was scary back then. All right, yeah, we keep taking school. more calls here. We'll get to more. I know there's a lot of people on hold at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Uh, also, if you're a food lover, you're going to want to listen to the next segment. Um, but I do want to continue this Lakers conversation. And you mentioned the Raiders, Scott. Um, you know, Derek Carr saying some stuff about this team. We'll tell you what he said in just a moment. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com i haven't heard this one in a long time good job taylor taylor in for laura today i do something's right <laughs> <laughs> yes taylor with a very deep voice i didn't realize uh you know i mean i've heard you on zoom but i didn't on the microphone it sounds even more powerful i would Basie say tones yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Hey, hey, George Sedano, uh, before yes. we go back to fried chicken sandwiches, which, by the way, is a topic I'd love to talk about. Sure, me too. Sh shout out to the L.A. Kings. I know we've got a lot of listeners that will say to us on Twitter, when are you guys going to show the Kings some love? And you and I both said that because ESPN now has NHL hockey, we, we'd likely have more exposure just because we turn on our TVs to ESPN. Yeah. Kings and Canadians right now, second period, 1230 to go, and we've got ourselves a ball game, ladies and gentlemen. 1-1 yeah. between yeah. Well, L.A. and Montreal. The Kings had started off really poorly, and they've won five straight. So, I mean, you know, if they can keep this thing rolling, um, you know. And here's the thing with hockey, man. Like, they have, um, you know, over the last several years, obviously, they've changed the divisions and things of that nature. And, you know, it, it's now back to what I would call a slightly more normal division setup, but still not, like, perfect in my estimation. Um, at least not for someone who loved the ho who loved the hockey, as I was going to call it, uh, loved the NHL back in the '90s. <laughs> yeah. But it, it it you know the Kings are in the thick of this. Like they're still you know I I'd still like to see um, you know if they can sustain this run. But that that there you go. There's my Kings knowledge nice. for you. For Very today. nice. And by yeah. the way, I'm watching the game. The game is in Montreal, mm -hmm. and on either side of the blue line. Let me rephrase that. On the goal side of the blue line, on both ends of the ice. There's an ad for McDonald's on the middle of the ice, and underneath McDonald's, it says S-O-C-A-L, like SoCal. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out, because I can't really see it because it's, it's horizontal, but I'm watching yeah. the game kind of vertically, if that makes yeah. any yes. sense. Yes, yes. SoCal, under the McDonald's sign, 
in Montreal. That must mean something that I just don't know what it means. Uh, yeah, or it could be just superimposed. It could be something on the Kings broadcast that you're seeing that's superimposed. Oh, then. oh now, 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 just as you said that, one of the Montreal players skated right through it, yeah. and it got all like distorted. You know? yeah. So it must yes. be. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's very funny. Pretty, pretty much what it was. So yeah, I'm not watching good. it, but I would assume that that was the case. You know, there's this thing, Kaplan. We yeah. call it technology, Yeah. Um, and uh, and it allows you to do stuff like that. I really could, It kind of looked to me like it was in the ice. I mean, that's yeah. how good it looks. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really nice job. Way to go, so anywho. McDonald's SoCal. <laughs> yeah, so anywho. Um, it is National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day. Mm-hmm. Now, I love, love, love a fried chicken sandwich. And I am... I'm not as huge a fast food junkie as I once was mm-hmm. at, you know, 44 years old uh, because, well, let's face it, it's not necessarily great for the ticker. Um, but, and, you know, I'm trying to watch my, my uh, girlish, girlish figure, figure here. Yeah. Yes. But the reality is this. I love me. I, I, I wish I would have known this earlier today because I would have had one for lunch. But unfortunately, you can't have National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day on a Taco Tuesday. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, whoever uh, named it National Fried Chicken Day should look at the calendar and go, well, it can't fall on a Tuesday. Right. Like, yeah, but you, but, but you don't change Christmas because it's still December 25th, yeah, but let's whether face it's a it. Tuesday I mean, or a you Friday. Know, no, you know, Christmas has been around for a really, really, really long time. Well, that know? was going to be my point, that, yeah. that yeah. you know, w- there is no BFC before fried chicken. You know what I'm yes. saying? <laughs> so... Look, I think Fried Chicken Day should have a, an ounce of flexibility to it, and they ought to move it. So they, they look at the calendar, they go, you know what? It's going to be a Tuesday. We can't do that. We'll make it on a Wednesday. But you know what, George? We were at um, a few weeks ago when you and I, this is actually going back a couple months ago now, when we were at the Black Gold Golf Course for the 710 golf tournament, Yeah, there was a chicken sandwich that was being made on site. I don't yeah, it was know very good. I don't know who, what the name of the company was. I don't remember, but Chris, if he's listening, will be able to text us it because uh, I've had it. It's been the the sponsor of the golf tournament for several years, and I've had it, and it is absolutely delicious. Let me but my only something. thing is that is you can't do this on a Taco Tuesday. And today we're doing uh, a little beer-battered uh, fish taco for Taco Tuesday at the Sedano House. So I'm not giving up the beer-battered because my wife makes a special – like a chipotle-ish kind of sauce, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a creamy chipotle sauce that mm-hmm. we put on the on the beer battered, uh, uh, you know, fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little Alaskan cod. Yeah, I can't be messing with that today, bro. So yeah. National Fried Chicken Day or National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day is going to have to wait at least a day for me. Well, all I know is this: that the day that we were at Black Gold, whoever made that chicken sandwich. What I loved about it was not only was the the fried like uh, breading delicious. Yes. But then they threw on top of it, again, some sort of a Chipotle-ish kind of sauce. And then they topped it all off with a very creamy coleslaw, which was delish. And this sandwich was so good that I was like, I could eat like four of these things. So I, I really only ate half of it and then tried to pawn half of it off on somebody else because it was that unbelievably delicious. But, man, you got to be ready. When you eat a, a, a fried chicken sandwich, especially like a really good one, I'm not talking like Chick-fil-A or Popeye's. I'm not talking fast food. And those are good, too. Yeah. Just make sure you got your cholesterol. No, no, yeah, you can go nearby. to like a little bit of a more of a stand-up place, right, where you walk in like, 
uh, Howlin' Rays or something like that right here in, you know, in, in L.A. or There's a million places you can get. I mean, listen, I, I'm sure we've opened up the phones on, on horror movies and horror franchises, particularly newer ones, because I don't feel like we do them very well anymore. But, I mean, if you want to hit us up on just not, not fast food places, to Scott's point, even though I do like me a fast food fried chicken sandwich as well. But if you want to give me anything that's, you know, and, and I've already mentioned Howlin' Rays. You don't have to mention Howlin' Rays. And, you know, you know my, if you listen to me, you know my issue with Howlin' Rays is that i got to wait 90 minutes perhaps to get there. Or I can order it on Postmates and that person has to wait 90 minutes. But I don't want to do that to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's a very tough, tough situation. I've had it only because it's been catered to the station before. Um, so, but yeah, it, it's tough, but feel free to hit us up on that. Let me sneak in some calls here though. Grant in Newport beach. We're going to do the Raiders thing after radio Tinder. I promise. But let me go to Grant in Newport beach. Go ahead, Grant. Oh, he dropped. Sorry. Matthew in Southgate. Hi. Um, yeah, one of the horror movies, it's an older one, but it would be child's play. You know, it's funny you mentioned Child's Play, Matthew, and thank you for the call because Lindsay loves Child's Play, and it's actually the anniversary of Child's Play too, right, Linz? Yeah, today it came out, I guess, uh, a couple years after Nightmare on Elm Street, but I I always found Chucky, I don't know, clowns, dolls, like when, you know, inanimate objects, I guess, come to life. It's kind of scary. So a doll now, do coming you, to life and killing are people. Are you watching that, that Netflix you know? show or whatever show that it is? Like there's a show, a Chucky show, right? No, yeah, I heard it was not great, so I haven't gotten to around to watching it, but I I will eventually. Yeah. It, what is it? Is it on Netflix? I think it's on Hulu oh, or Hulu. Peacock. That's what it is. It's Peacock. Oh, Peacock. Peacock gotcha. show. Let me go to Tony and Hawthorne real quick. Tony, what's up? Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, sir. Hey, Tony. Uh, I, I, I want to say, okay, so I have two. One of them that hasn't been mentioned, I think it's uh, um, The Hills Have Eyes. The hills that, that one is hills have eyes. yeah that, that, that is a good pretty one. creepy i agree yeah now the scariest movie that i have ever seen and i'm gonna throw you guys a curveball mm-hmm. it's uh swim fan <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you said but it, it made you laugh what is it called swim fan swim fan yeah it's the one where the girl is like obsessed with the guy and she, like, stalks him and, like, ruins his whole life. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that movie, but you seem super into it, which is kind of funny. But, yeah. But thank you because, for the call. Because I lived it. Oh, well, okay, then, yeah. Then, yeah, be careful with that, bro. Yeah, I get I get why you yeah, would be attached to the movie then. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, be careful with that. All right. Uh, keep them coming, 877-710-ESPN, and it is National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day. So if you got a, a mom-and-pop spot that makes a good one, hit us up, 877-710-3776. All right, we're going to get to the Raiders. Derek Carr has made some interesting comments, I feel like, and we've got some interesting news on the Aaron Rodgers-Packers situation, which we'll get to at 545. But Radio Tinder is up next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so last night in the final minutes of the Nuggets' blowout win over the Heat, reigning MVP Nikola, Nikola Jokic responded to a hard fall from Marquise, Marquise Morris by charging into Morris with his shoulder, totally football style. It was a cheap shot, and it earned Jokic an immediate ejection and left Morris injured on the floor. A stretcher was rolled out on the court for Morris, but he ended up leaving under his own power. So Morris was also ejected for his own hard foul, which was judged as a flagrant two. After the game, Heat coach Eric Spolstra blasted Jokic for what he called a dangerous, dirty play and said that no Heat players would be doing post-game media. Jokic admitted that it was a stupid play and he felt bad about it. The NBA, they're reviewing the incident now and there's no word if punishment is coming later today or tomorrow. Uh, both sets of brothers of the players involved in the incident levied social media threats at the other one this afternoon, which is getting kind of crazy. Do you guys have any issue with how this incident has been handled thus far? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, I, I also, I just feel like uh, I saw Barkley comment on it, and I saw Richard and Perk comment on it, and they're basically their opinion is don't you know don't start none, don't you don't get none. I, I get that, okay. Um, I'm not disputing that part of it. But what I would say is there is a big difference between a hard foul, and it was a hard foul, um, but you're doing it like as in the in the process of a game and just literally bowling into someone, elbow right into their back um, as they're walking away from you. Now, you can make the argument maybe you shouldn't have walked away, but I, I just thought that was a super dirty play by Jokic. And by the way, Jokic has, has, has did this to Cameron Payne during the playoffs last year. Like, this isn't new for Jokic, okay? He he get you know, most people think, like, oh, he's this big, jolly fellow. Yeah, but he does clearly have an anger problem sometimes. <laughs> and he, he winds up and takes people out. Like, this is not the first time this has happened with him. And even his own teammate yesterday, Jeff Green, said, quote, I don't think what Morris did was all that bad, to be honest with you. Uh, Joker made a mistake, and, you know, but, you know, I'm his teammate, so I'll support him. So, like, when your own teammate is saying it, like, I, I just think that Richard Jefferson, Kendrick Perkins, Charles Barkley, all these people and I are friendly. I think they're missing that part of it. When you're, when his own teammate is saying, yeah, the other guy didn't do so much and our guy did, that to me says it all. Yeah, but I, I got to say, not not that I thought what, what the Joker did, I kind of feel like, I, I mean, look, it was retaliatory, but... If you don't want that smoke, then don't take the first cheap shot. I, I thought Marquise Morris took a very cheap shot, a very dangerous play. Guys get hurt when you do stuff like that. And um, if you're Jokic, you're like, okay, well, you did that, and now I'm going to come get you. Now, it was a stupid play because the guy who responds is the guy who gets into trouble, and it turns out that he may have hurt Marquise Morris, and he comes out after the game and he says that was stupid. But you know what I thought was really funny about the whole story, George, was how um, the Miami Heat, there was a picture afterwards where the players, the Heat players, still in uniform, were standing outside of the Nuggets locker room like because they still wanted to get down and dirty after the game. And this whole story about the brothers wanting to get involved, 
you know the story about the the about Jokic's brothers like they're like big like he is like seven foot Serbian guys who are like bodyguard types for him do you know the story on these dudes yeah they're like you know there's a ton of stories about them that you know they used to throw tie up Nicola and throw knives at his head on a they tie him up on a tree there's I mean there's all these crazy stories about those guys yeah yeah so and there's plenty of crazy of stories guys. about the Morris twins well I say here's what we should do Let's get a celebrity boxing match between the Morris brothers and the Jokic brothers. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I see doubt that, that's uh, good. I see Frank Gore, I, yeah. former NFL running back Frank Gore, yeah. and Darren Williams. Remember him, the NBA player? Yes. Yeah. They're, they're going to be on a celebrity boxing match against each other. So let's do it. Yeah, I, I doubt that happens, but uh, we'll you know we'll pass it along in the suggestion box. Throw it in there. That? It's an idea. That's uh, all. Just a all right. What's next, box. Lindsay? Yeah. All right. Wait a second. We just lost Lindsay. Yeah, we lost Lindsay, which would be bad for this game. That would be like destructive to Radio Tinder because without her, there is no Radio Tinder. Right. It's her thing. Yeah. All right. I guess that (laughs) that might be it for Radio Tinder. It was a one and done. Well, good because it just gives me one second to say two things. One, I feel super dumb about the whole uh, L.A. Kings, Montreal Canadiens, McDonald's SoCal on the ice, not realizing that that was you know, put in by Bally Sports and that it was an ad. I was like, why do they have a McDonald's SoCal ad in Montreal? God, I feel stupid. That's number one. And number two, George, I need to make a political statement, if you don't mind. Um, so this could be dangerous on the air, so everybody be careful. Okay, you, you know what? Let's not do that because Lindsay's back. Let's just kick oh, up radio. No, because I needed to make a real political statement about how dark it gets so early, and it really bothers me. Anyway, All right, so ahead, my fault for yeah, my fault for dropping out there. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, anyway, so speaking of the NBA, the NBA shooting percentage is the lowest it's been in more than 15 years, and its three-point percentage is the worst this century. So there's been a lot of theories about these shooting woes, including the NBA's new refereeing rules. But the most intriguing one is that the new Wilson basketball is to blame. Wilson is adamant that their ball is a virtual replica of the Spalding one, but some players don't agree. Chris Paul, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. How do you say his name? I keep saying Jokic. his name wrong, I swear. Jokic are among the players who have complained about the new ball. Are you guys buying that this new ball is to blame for the NBA's horrific shooting this season? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I'm going to swipe right, meaning that I agree with the players that when you change the basketball, and I know that the average person might pick up an old Spalding basketball and the new ball, as you said, uh, made by Wilson. Wilson. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And you might pick it up and we may not be able to tell or feel the difference. And by the way, maybe there isn't one, but it's in your head. You know, when, when you are accustomed to your whole life playing with a basketball and it says Spalding on it, and now all of a sudden the basketball says Wilson on it, you're like, Something's not right with this ball. It doesn't feel right. It feels different. Is it the right. same size? Uh, is the texture of the ball the same? Are, are the laces or the, the creases in between the panels? Are they, I don't know, man. Something's wrong with this ball, and that's why I can't shoot. So I don't know if it's really the physical ball, but I think it's a mental thing with players. By the way, the NFL changed the ball recently as well, and Russell Wilson was involved with that. And in this case, Trey Young uh, in the NBA was very instrumental in uh, being, I guess, uh, you know, uh, 
he was I don't want to say questioned, right? But he was uh, an ally, I guess, basically in uh, in you know in, in trying to create this new ball, so that way players wouldn't freak out about it. To your point, uh, all right. One more, Linz, quickly. All right, Arby's passion for potatoes is going 80 proof with the re release of its limited edition Arby's Curly Fry and Crinkle Fry Vodka. Uh, curly Fry Vodka is a tribute to, of course, their signature curly fries that have been a staple of Arby's for years. And earlier this year, Arby's added Crinkle Fries to its permanent menu. So now they're going to take the dual fry offering into the world of spirits with two distinctly flavored vodkas. For Arby's fans, only 21 and over. <laughs> Would you guys try Arby's Curly Fry and or Crinkle Fry Vodka? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I will swipe left and tell you that there's no chance that I will ever try Arby's Vodka. You could tell me it's the greatest vodka in the world, and I still won't try it. I don't know why exactly I'm anti-Arby's Vodka. But here's the issue, George. I can't remember the last time I was at an Arby's. You know, um, so yeah, so. I, I would I would agree with both those things. Swipe left for me, and uh, yeah, I don't remember the last time I was in an Arby's was maybe to get some fries, and it might have been twenty five years ago. So the fries were good though. Um, so, Wait, yeah. so you wouldn't even try French fry, nope. fry flavored vodka? No, no, and I love French fries, but no, no. I, I actually don't love vodka all that much. To be frank, no, I love vodka. Like vodka would be my drink of choice. Uh, vodka followed by tequila gets the uh, the silver medal. But I gotta say. Um, if I'm not going to Arby's for a beef and cheese on an onion roll, which, by the way, does yeah, sound pretty good. Yeah, not going to good. get their vodka. Right. right exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. That is Radio Tinder each and every day at 530. Let me sneak in real quick. 30 seconds. David in Thousand Oaks, who has a horror movie suggestion and uh, a chicken, a mom and pop chicken sandwich place. Go ahead. How's it going, you guys? Um, so for the horror movies, it's kind of older. It's made some cheese now, but then, uh, too, Event Horizon. I don't know why that movie really scared the crap out of me when I was younger. And yeah, also, yeah, um, I haven't seen it, but I, I, I've heard, I've heard crazy things about it. Yeah. Oh, uh, you gotta see it. So if you haven't seen it for your first time, yeah, that, I think you'll like it. So I think that's a great one, a hidden gem. Another one would be um, Hellraiser. I don't know for some reason that movie always got to me too, with Cheddar Mouth and Pinhead and all that. So uh, <laughs> being six years old watching that would do a, would do a number on you. Yeah, the the uh, the character with the uh, the greenish sort of whitish kind of face with the needles oh, popping yeah. out of his head. Yeah, yeah, pinhead. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, so for also for the so for chicken, um, there's two places actually. So one that's you know pretty popular. It's Roscoe's. They make a killer oh, chicken sandwich. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Yeah, but then another hidden one that me people don't think much about is actually um, it's a place on PCH in Ventura County um, called uh, Neptune's Net, which I'm sure you heard of. They make a ridiculous chicken sandwich. Ridiculous. And you wouldn't think so because it's a fish place, you know, fish and chips, but their chicken sandwich is to die for. Oh, Neptune's well, I, I never guessed that because I do think of them as a fish place for sure, but thanks for the heads up. 877710 ESPN National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day. We've been talking about horror movies and how they just – you know, like the new ones just don't hold up. Like, is there a franchise, a new franchise that you think actually can hold up to some of the old ones? So keep it coming. We'll get to that. I want to do. I want to get into Derek Carr and what he said about his team here recently. And we have uh, some breaking news on Aaron Rodgers. All that coming up in a second. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and. Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Uh, It is the walls of Jericho. And if you're a wrestling fan, now I have not been a wrestling fan in a really long time. Not like where I'm watching every week. It's probably been 20 years. Um, I went through phases where the 80s were great, maybe the early 90s, perhaps. But then, like, basically the most of the 90s, I was out. Um, 80s, I was in. 90s, I was mostly out. Early 2000s, back in, and then out pretty much since for at least 15 years or so, uh, maybe longer. With the occasional pop-in if The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin come on a board uh, on a given night or, a, or an event. But outside of that, nothing. So... Uh, but when Chris Jericho, now this is going to be dorky, nerdy uh, wrestling talk, Kaplan. I love which I don't dorky, feel like nerdy you... wrestling talk. I love wrestling. Keep going. Yeah, but I don't feel like this is your era. So I don't know if you can relate. Now this is. I, I, I kind of ended like around John Cena. And, and I know Cena's still wrestling, but I, I would say I sort of ended my WWE days. Cena, The Rock, you mentioned Stone Cold, these kinds of guys. Yeah, but. The Undertaker. Chris Jericho was way before John Cena. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, no, so I, I know Chris Jericho, and I know his career pretty well, I think. I feel like I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah. So I, I feel like this is definitely, like, one of those things where um, I felt – if I was thinking of a debut of any wrestler – that I can remember, like, I specifically remember the day that Chris Jericho showed up to WWE. It was one of the most fun, coolest things. It was one of the best gimmicks they've had in a long time, where they kept doing this countdown, uh, you know, to, like, I guess it was during the Y2K era, right, Lindsay? Like, it was in that general area, so they were doing, like, this countdown. Everybody was, you remember, everybody was doing the Y2K thing. So he was Y2J, uh, is what he called himself at the time, Chris Jericho. Um, and then he he came out there and he was doing his thing, and he interrupted the Rock. Right? Isn't that what he did? He interrupted the Rock to come out, and yeah. uh, and yep. then they had like this kind of like funny like conversation. Like they cut a promo back and forth, and it was pretty hilarious. Like I remember it vividly, and I remember it just being like, "Wow, really well done." Yeah, I think Chris Jericho walks out in the middle of whatever the Rock was saying. The Rock gets interrupted by Jericho's music. Jericho winds up telling everybody, and by the way, I think at the time, you'll have to check me on this, WWE was still WWF. And Jericho comes out and he's like, let me tell you something, everybody. I'm here because this place sucks, okay? There's a bunch of talentless, unentertaining, you know, wannabe wrestlers. Uh, The pay-per-view buys are down. The, uh, you know, the, the television ratings are down. And I, Chris Jericho, am here to save the World Wrestling Federation. Right. Right in the middle of The Rock's commentary. And then, of course, The Rock had to tell him that he was going to put the smack down on his candy ass, and he's a jabroni. And, um, you know, and then you had to ask the question, do you smell what The Rock is cooking, the whole thing. So Correct, yes. Yeah, it was good, Chris yeah. Jericho. It was excellent. Now, Lynn, I would imagine you being a huge wrestling fan, that to you was like a, a seminal moment, like a monumental moment. I mean, I... I remember it, and I'm a huge just Chris Jericho fan now, like I have been over the years. Um, yeah. I met him at, at one of my jobs recently, and he was super, super nice. And he was like the 
you know, he was the big name that AEW kind of started up with because mm-hmm. Tony right. Khan was a big fan of Chris Jericho when he was younger. But I mean, like I remember it, but I wasn't super into it. But looking back on it, yes, I'm a, I mean, I'm a big Chris Jericho fan. I, like I liked him when he had the list. Guys. But I, but I like those AEW guys. Like I like the fact that Sting is still involved at AEW. You know. Because Sting got to be, if Jericho's 50, Sting's oh got to be 60. Sting's got to be like 60, right. if not older. Right. I know. But but even, listen, some of these guys, George, like you, you look at Ric Flair, for example. 62 for Sting, yeah. by the way. Yes. You, you look at Ric Flair. I mean, Ric Flair, the hair was gone. You know, he wasn't taking the sauce anymore. He wasn't lifting and working out anymore. But he was still involved. You know, he was still just a character. These guys are, they're just sort of wrestlers for life, you know? Yeah. Let me go to uh, Trayvon in Pasadena, uh, who wants to jump in on this. Go ahead, Trayvon. Uh, hey, what's up, guys? Um, long time fan, first time caller. Friday night, um, Watcher and Zeno. You gotta come back to the WWE universe. They're missing so much, and I mean so much. Now, Trevon, um, it, 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 your phone is like super muffled. Right. I can Can't barely make out saying. anything you're saying. Right, me too. Can you hear me? Yeah, your you phone now? sucks, dude. Can you hear me now? No, no it's probably bro. Apple messing with your phone because it's time to upgrade. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a commercial. Yeah. Unfortunately, Trevon, it's not. It just—I really could barely make out whatever it was you were saying. Lindsay, didn't you tell me that the WWE was coming to Staples Center and you wanted us to go? What what night is that? Yeah, we're definitely going. I think it's December. Let me double check, but I think it's December 9th, tenth, mm-hmm. the tenth, the SmackDown. Oh, the tenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tenth is a Friday night. Yeah, I can't do it because yeah. my daughter's turning eighteen. Uh, well, I mean, it's at like five o'clock, so nah. well, we'd be on the air, right? Yeah. No, because the Lakers are out of town, so we're, uh, we'll be but off. They that may day, not play the Lakers that are. Night. No, I looked. They're playing. They're uh, they're playing that day. Okay. So we okay. could go if you guys want to go. I'm in. Who are hmm. they playing that night? Let me look here. Okay, see. Oh, at Oklahoma City. Yeah, I oh. mean, mm-hmm. I, listen, I'm not opposed to it. How about that? I'm not opposed to. All it. right. Talk. I think it would be a fun, fun team building. Now, if we go, we got to get like the good seats, though. Oh no, no, we're going backstage, dude. No, we're going first. First, we're going backstage, and then we're gonna hook up with all the wrestlers. We're gonna we're gonna get everybody to lift us over their heads, and like we're gonna take pictures of of us getting body slammed, you know, choke holded, you know, all kinds of things like that. First, we're going backstage. I don't go to wrestling shows unless I go backstage. I gotta make sure I say hello to the wrestlers. Wait, you know, we know after headlock, this weekend. You know, like you gotta, we go, know you after gotta this weekend, go backstage. Right, because right. like, I, sure I want the full experience. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of my thing. Yeah, fly in their private planes and you know have dinner with them and go golfing too. So, well, George, I'll tell you something, man. I uh, <laughs> years ago, I think I've told you a story before, but when I found out that when I first saw Bill Goldberg, I was like, yes, Jewish guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I would I would like stalk Bill Goldberg, uh, but I had a college teammate college football teammate by the name of matt bloom not exactly a a sexy wrestler name but his wrestling name became prince albert anybody remember this guy yes i do remember yes and uh tatted and and you know pierced and everything he went on to be you know after a great wrestling career he's now like the head coach down in nxt in orlando which trains all these guys yeah yeah so i used to whenever he was doing a show that i could get to i would go and then i'll tell you one night i was down in san diego they got done with a show and uh, me, my buddy Matt, and John Cena, we all went out for a really extravagant dinner after the show to Hooters. Because back then, John Cena was an absolute nobody, and it wasn't glamorous. Uh, not for those guys, because they were the bottom-level type dudes, because there was The Rock and there was Stone Cold, and those guys were the stars. 
John Cena in a Hooters on like a Saturday night in San Diego. Nobody knew who he was back then. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that. How long ago was that? This is this is probably. Because how guess, long do you have to go way back? To yeah. Oh, I'm talking like 2004 ish, 2005. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time ago. Yeah. So are we really doing long. this? We have to get like floor seats. Yeah, because we got to be part of the show. When you're when you go to a wrestling show. You want to be as close to the action as you can so that you can be part of the show. Yeah, but I don't see it. Like, there are nothing to purchase. Like, the I got to hook up with. I got to hook up with the the floor seats. Don't worry. We're good on that. Yeah, Linz. Yeah, Linz. You take care of it, girl. Because if not, I got plan B. If you take care of it, uh, we we got it. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. We're going. All right. There it is. I'm in. Fair enough. Uh, All right. In, In the meantime, we still didn't got. To the godforsaken Raiders, which I swear on my mother, we are going to do in the next segment. Okay, well, it's all your fault, just so you know. Yes, well, it's true. I did. I I veered <laughs> off on this one for the third time, but I swear that is not going to happen for a fourth time. Um, we're going to do that next. We got what you need to know in between, and we're going to do the Raiders. Derek Carr, what he's saying about his team next.